0: So I'm inviting Pastor Christian to come up. Christian is the pastor of Church of the Cross. And as I mentioned in my uh, word earlier, uh, he and his wife, Molly, supervise me and my wife, Molly. Uh, they've been mentoring us and guiding us uh, throughout these years. And um, it's, it's no light statement to say that we, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't mm-hmm. for you and your love and your encouragement. So uh, I look forward to hearing you open the word to mm-hmm. us this morning. All right. Good morning. Uh, At Church of the Cross, we just do one sermon on a Sunday, so I'm just excited I get to do the second sermon uh, this morning. You guys have already surpassed us uh, in your uh, holiness. Uh, It really is um, uh, really special to be here. Uh, I was with you all this summer, but it's been a while. But man, to be here um, on this Sunday, I'm already getting choked up where... Um, The announcement of the gift of this building um, has been given, which, uh, praise God, we've been praying for that for such a long time. What an amazing thing. And to be here on this um, Sunday after this week where uh, all eyes throughout the world have been on Minneapolis, and to have this church here that is upholding the gospel and the truth of Jesus and the justice that the Lord calls us to has meant so much to me. I'm so thankful for this congregation, for your presence here on Chicago Avenue, um, in the city, holding up the good news of Jesus Christ. And so praise God uh, that the Lord has uh, planted and is blessing this church and is giving you a permanent home here. It's, it's again, uh, what, a, what a joy and how special. Um, yeah, praise God. Let's pray before I go into uh, Father, we are just so thankful uh, for your faithfulness, so thankful for your love for the church, your promise that you would build the church, and we see that. Jesus at work, and we see that the gates of hell will not withstand against the work of your church. So we pray, Lord, um, uh, teach us through your word, um, help me to honor your word as I share this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. So some of you may be familiar with uh, the podcast, Planet Money, um, it talks about finances and economics, it's, I, I love it, even though I'm not really a finance person, I find a fascinating podcast, and I was listening a little while ago. I To a podcast where the hosts of Planet Money um, were trying to figure out if they could afford buying the rights to a Marvel superhero. Because um, they thought, okay, Marvel has so many superheroes, right, thousands of them, surely there must be like a super obscure superhero that they could find that they could afford. Because they were trying to figure out how much does it cost to buy the rights for a lesser-known superhero. So they talked to um, some uh, people they knew that really knew comic books And uh, one of these guys uh, recommended that they try to buy Doorman. Um, uh, Doorman, I'm embarrassed to admit I'd actually heard of Doorman before listening to this podcast. Um, Doorman was part of a very short-lived group in the Marvel Universe called the Great Lakes Avengers, Um, and so this is true, I'm not making this up, so being a proud Midwesterner, I actually checked out the Great Lakes uh, uh, Avengers years before my kids actually read Great Lakes Avengers comic books on a long car ride we had, so uh, so one of them was listening to it. they're like, Doorman, we remember Doorman, Um, Doorman's power is that he can become a door, Um, he can stand against a wall, again, this is all true, and he would become a door. Um, what the host of Planet Money appreciated about him is even though he can become a door that other people can enter, he can a- actually enter the door that he becomes. So he can like get people into a building and then he's stuck outside um, and can't figure out a way to get in himself. So, so they tried to uh, contact Marvel to buy the rights to doorman. Marvel wouldn't even um, return their phone calls. Um, and so they talked to somebody else who worked for a comic book company, a lesser known one. And they said, well, what do you think? If we ever got a hold of Marvel, do you think they'd sell us the rights to doorman? And this guy was like, no way. Marvel's not going to give away the rights to any of their superheroes to you, right? They're going to wait for someone that's going to offer them a lot of money. And they were like, even for Doorman and the guy that worked for the company said, look, a few years ago, you would have been laughing about this character who's a big talking tree who only says three words, I am Groot. You'd be like, what? How ridiculous. And now they're making tons of money from Groot. So don't laugh off Doorman. He could be a source of, of great, um, uh, you know, financial gain someday. Now, today I want to think about Jesus saying, I am the door, and I don't want to dishonor our Lord by comparing him to doorman um, uh, in any way, Uh, but I, I think it's probably fair to say when we think of the I am statements of the Gospel of John, maybe I am the door is not the first one that comes to mind, right? We think of, you know, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the resurrection of life, I am the good shepherd, right? This is called Good Shepherd Sunday, not Door Sunday, And maybe it even feels a little bit like, you know, all the things Jesus could compare himself to and and give himself the title, door feels a little mundane, doesn't it? You know, really, I am the door. And yet, I want to suggest, actually, when we take to heart Jesus' claim that I am the door, especially alongside, right, partnered with, right there, I am the good shepherd, we actually get a, a beautiful picture of what it means to live the abundant life. When Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly, that is actually captured. Now I don't really notice doors when I, when I walk around, I don't think about doors. Uh, my wife actually does. Uh, Molly is constantly noticing doors and appreciating doors. Uh, we actually had an opportunity a few years ago to travel to Italy, and we could hardly walk through Florence more than 10 feet before she stop and look at another door, because um, Italian doors are beautiful. And this wasn't just like doors of churches, like doors of auto mechanics, and you know, Florence are amazing and beautiful. Um, and so I've come to appreciate more doors. And when I think about a door. I actually realize, oh, they're like, not only really important, of course, but they're actually full of like, um, uh, important symbolism. Right? They, they represent a lot to us. Right? I realize like, there's ways in which a door actually means something to me that I don't even think about. Right? At night, when I lock the door of my house at night, and probably you know, where I live, I don't even totally need to lock the door, but when I do that, there's a sense of, ah, I'm safe at home. Right? This is my place. I can rest here. Right? I have a home here and I know, I, I know a sense of protection within the doors of this home, right? Or how much do doors represent welcome, right? I mean, when you come into a church, right, and there's someone there at the door welcoming you and holding the door open for you, what a powerful thing that is. And as a church plant, you know that, right? I've talked to many people, I've talked about visiting churches and like, I couldn't even figure out where the door was and how right away that's sending the message. I'm not sure if I was even wanted there, right? I couldn't find the door. There was no one at the door. Right? Or when a boss says, I have an open door policy, and then you find out, well, they really don't have an open door policy, right? That sounds good, but that's not actually what they live out. And so we can see how important doors are, right? And again, the symbolism. And so when we hear Jesus saying, I am the door, right, that's actually a powerful statement of, I am your home, right? I am actually the place that you can enter into through me, and you can find safety, you can find protection, you can find rest. You can find eternal salvation. I'm the door, right, and the door is open. Through me, through my work, you can come in. Now, right before this, in this passage, a few verses before this that are in your bulletin, where Jesus talks about the thief that enters into another way, that climbs over the fence that doesn't come through the door. Because that's where we can note that it's, it's not just I am a door, right? Jesus is saying, I am the door. I am the right way. I am the only way of salvation, and there are thieves and there are robbers who will tell you there's another way. You don't need to go through the door, right? You can, you can find an alternative route. And Jesus is making clear, no, I've come to tell you there's only one way. But I'm the way and the door is open, right? I'm welcoming you to come into the door. I am bringing you home. I'm bringing you safety. I'm bringing you rest. And so as we think about Jesus, the door, again, that's a, a picture of rest. It's a picture of settling in the Lord. But note, right, in verse 9, I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. If the verse stopped right there, if the passage stopped right there, we'd be like, okay, well, so the picture of the Christian life basically that we have is we come into faith in Jesus and then ah, we're done. And then we just wait, you know, wait for you know Jesus to come back, wait to go to heaven. Right? I mean, that could give us a misunderstanding of the Christian life. But right away, he says, if anyone enters in by me, he'll be saved. We have this idea of kind of coming into this pen and being saved and being, you know, in his presence and safe. But then immediately says, and we'll go in and out and find pasture. Right? That's not saying, you know, we'll lose their salvation and gain their salvation, lose their salvation. Of course not. Jesus is saying, right, it's, it's an active life to come in. Right. actually, we see throughout the scriptures, when it talks about going in and out, that's actually an image that's used of living life. Maybe you remember Moses at the end of the book of Deuteronomy before he gives sort of this, or as he's giving the speech before he dies, he says, I can no longer go in and out. He's saying, my my life is coming to an end. And so Jesus is saying, to come into the door, right? to be saved, to come home, you still live life. You still go in and out. There's a sense in which you take home with you wherever you go. I am with you. I am the door. You have entered into this new home but you keep living life. You can go out knowing you're still at home, even when you're out. You can go out and care about those who are outside of the pastures, right? That it's actually a picture of abundance. And so if anyway we hear coming into the door is a picture of sort of like hunkering down, as, as Rick just said, and playing it safe. No, actually, coming into the door is a picture of abundance. It's actually saying, again, there's this beautiful pasture with you wherever you go. And so you have that contrast between the thief who comes to steal and kill and destroy, right? all those sort of images of lessening, of taking away, stealing and killing and destroying, removing. And up close to that, you have Jesus who gives life and gives it abundantly, who builds up, who adds, who who blesses. Right now, there are times of pruning, right? As we've experienced over this last year, at times, right, the Lord will prune us and maybe um, remove things from us in order that we may grow. Right? God can work in difficult circumstances to bring growth out of that. And there is giving up, right? There is sacrifice. Of course, that's part of the Christian life to give up. But the Lord tells us as we give up, we gain back. We gain back so much more, right? We lose our lives in order to gain life. And so it's abundant. Right. And then I think it's important then that right alongside that image of door, right? Of coming in, you have the image of the good shepherd, right? Which also speaks to we both have rest and refreshment and peace in the Lord, but we have movement and life um, in Him. Of course, the Good Shepherd um, captures that. And just note how much that image of the Good Shepherd, how much of an emphasis, once again, is on protection and on a sense of safety. But again, it's not a safety hunkering down. It's a safety of going out, but going out with the Good Shepherd. He is with us, and He lays down His very life for the sheep. Jesus, of course, foreshadowing here his death, right? The the means of salvation, his death and resurrection through which we are saved um, as we enter into and put our faith um, in him, right? He's acknowledging that's the type of protection actually the good shepherd gives you, right? He lays down his very life. We have the contrast with the thieves, right, who steal and kill and destroy, but then you also have the contrast with the hired hand, right? There are leaders that are apathetic, That it's just a job for them. And Jesus is making clear I am the good shepherd, right? I lay down my life for the sheep. This is not just a job, right? This is what I've done out of love. And I know my sheep. So again, there's an image of protection, there's an image of rest, there's an image of movement, but there's leadership, right? And so if we, again, just only think of the door, we could think, okay, right, the Lord is present with us, right? But then we have to figure it out on our own. But Jesus adding that I'm the good shepherd, we we realize, oh yes, he's present with us and he leads us in all things. Right? He guides us. Right? We're sheep, right? We're vulnerable, right? But we also we need leadership, right? We need guidance. We need to be shown the way to go. Maybe you've seen the, the video, it's kind of been making the rounds the last um, just couple of weeks. Uh, This video, um, I don't know where it's from. It's apparently a shepherd or someone that's pulling a sheep out, like this very narrow kind of ditch that the sheep has fallen into. And so you see um, uh, it's from the perspective of the person pulling out the sheep. So you see him pull the sheep out. Um, the sheep is fine and obviously very happy to be pulled out of this ditch. Um, uh, the sheep starts to run along and then like three seconds later, dives back into the ditch and is stuck again. <laughs> um, it's a very funny video, although when you read it, when you watch it, it's also a little sad because you realize, oh man, I just saw a picture of my own life right there. You know, it's like I'm laughing at that sheep and I'm like, oh wait, how often do I do that? It's like the Lord pulls me out of the ditch and then I'm right back in it, right? And of course, the Lord is patient and merciful, continues to pull us out of ditches, but we also, it's a reminder, we need guidance, right? We need a leader to show us the way to go. But even as we acknowledge we're sheep that need a leader, we also need to read this and say, but we're also called to be shepherds. I mean, when Jesus was, was teaching this, I, I think it's probably safe to say that in his mind, as much as we can um, enter into the mind of the, our, our Lord, he probably he was thinking about this Ezekiel passage that was also read. And surely, at least some of the people listening to this teaching were making the connection. Wait a second, he's talking about being the good shepherd. Well, I remember how the Lord warned bad shepherds and how he spoke to the the leaders of Israel through Ezekiel about the danger and the damage that bad shepherds can do about the strong rebuke. And it is a strong rebuke in that Ezekiel passage. And what hopefully was happening for those people and what hopefully happens for us is we not only think, that's right, Jesus is the good shepherd, and what about those bad shepherds, right? And we can think about all the bad shepherds we've experienced, and and sadly, we probably have experienced bad shepherds at times. But hopefully what we also hear is, wow, if Jesus is the good shepherd, then I'm also called to shepherd. If he's the leader of me, well, I'm the church, right? I mean, I'm called to be a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus who is called to make disciples, and therefore, right, I follow the good shepherd, but I'm also called to shepherd. He's the leader, but I'm called to, to lead alongside of him. He calls his sheep to shepherd others. Uh, a number of years ago when Church of the Cross was probably about three years old, um, uh, I was overwhelmed um, by my responsibilities and trying to figure out how to manage my time, something I know Rick has never experienced, but I experienced at the time. Um, and I was talking to someone at our church, and they were like, look, you need to, they had a friend. They were like, this guy's great on, like, time management and organizing your time. You should meet with him. And so I set up a few meetings with him. And I was surprised when our first meeting, I thought, you know, okay, let's talk about time management. Let's talk about, you know, life organization. And he was like, let's first talk about your job. And how you understand your role, right? Um, You know, how do you even think about what you do? Because that's going to help you decide. What do you say yes to? What do you say no to? How do you manage your time? What is even your job? And so we started to talk. He asked me tons of questions. And we were talking. And suddenly he stopped. And he's like, you're a middle shepherd. And I'd never heard that term before. I'm like, I don't know what that means. He's like, you're a middle shepherd. He's like, you're under the good shepherd, Right? And you've made it clear as you talk about your job, right? That you want to be clear, right? I'm doing what the Lord calls. He's the leader, He's the leader of the church. You're under the good shepherd, but you're shepherding sheep who are also called to be shepherds, right? You're, you're shepherding shepherds. You're a middle shepherd right there in the middle. And that was a great image for a pastor, but I think it's actually an image all of us can embrace, right? We're called to be under the good shepherd, we're called to, to shepherd and care for others. Right? But those others need to be built up as shepherds. Right? It's a great image for the church. Right, I mean, Hopefully we embrace, yeah, we're called to care for one another, to care for sheep. But those sheep are called to be built up as shepherds. And so we can embrace, again, that calling as we follow the good shepherd. We too can shepherd. And we can shepherd and build up other shepherds. And what specifically does Jesus emphasize? Right? I'm the good shepherd. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. So he ends, right, at least this passage ends with, right, I am a shepherd that cares about you as sheep, but I have other sheep. Whenever I read this verse, I think of a, a friend of mine, we did a, a missions trip together, we're together for months on this mission trip, he loved science fiction, um, and we talk a lot about um, science fiction, and one time he said, well, you know, the Bible's clear, you know, that there's life on other planets, So I'm like, there is, you know, and he said, well, yeah, when Jesus says, you know, there's sheep of other flock, clearly he's talking about aliens, um, and, and I always think of this passage, I was like, I think he's talking about Gentiles. I think he's talking about, you know, he's talking in a Jewish audience, these are non-Jewish people, and he's talking about lost sheep. And uh, my friend was like, well, maybe, but that doesn't seem as likely as the alien thing. So it's was really into science fiction. Um, no matter what we agreed, Jesus cares about lost sheep, right? Whether they're on other planets or whether they're here, um, he cares about all sheep, right? He cares about lost sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. What does it mean to follow the good shepherd? It means to follow the good shepherd at those sheep who are not yet of the fold. I think sometimes when we hear another shepherd analogy that Jesus gives, it's in Matthew and Luke where he talks about the shepherd going after the lost one sheep and leaving behind the 99. Sometimes church people hear that and they're like, I don't like that. right? You know, I'm the 99. What Jesus doesn't care about me, right?" can you read this passage and question, does Jesus not care about you? This is the good shepherd who gives his very life for the sheep. Of course he cares about the 99. He gave his life for the 99. He loves the 99. And because he loves the 99, he goes after the one. Because the 99, you just see, oh, that's right. When I was dead in my sins, Jesus came after me. And of course he's still going after the one. Because he's a good shepherd. And actually, because he's a good shepherd, he calls me to go after the one. He calls me to go after the lost. What a privilege we have. What an incredible joy we have that we can follow the good shepherd, who gave up his life for us and, and, and invite others who do not know to say, you can come into this door and find a home. You can follow the shepherd and know abundant life in him, right? Life eternal, abundant, eternal life begins now. Again, it's such a privilege to reflect on this passage and the truth of this passage on this Sunday, That the announcement that this building is being given to you. And again, it's god's gift right and i'm aware actually how hard this church has worked and the leadership of this church rick and molly your vestry many others of you um, have worked so hard for this building right and the negotiations and building trust and what an amazing act of grace and mercy on the part of, um, of mount zion lutheran i mean amazing right such gospel-minded people that church right? but ultimately of course the lord gets all the credit right it's his gift i'm just aware as just rick just said i just so resonated with it right Maybe some of you are even feeling a little anxious, like, man, you know, should we really be taking on a building and the responsibility and will this lessen our mission focus, and I just know it won't, it won't, it doesn't have to, right? And I don't believe it will. As you continue to follow the good shepherd, right, this building will be a place of abundance, of life being, being, being um, sent out to, to call in the one. So I want to uh, pray for you and I actually want to ask Molly to come up here and we can just pray for you again. We're so honored to be with you. And actually, if you could I'd love if you stand, um, and we can pray. And we just want to pray that the Lord would um, continue to anoint you in standing in your calling, um, as a church, but also as individuals, as part of the church, that you would know again the Lord's empowerment um, on you in your calling, and again, especially as the Lord calls you to this building, <laughs> to this, this space to, to, to be in. So, you want to start? I'll start. All right, well, let's start us off.
1: Our dear heavenly Father who gives such good gifts to us, his children. I am indeed so thankful for the gift of this church, Mm -hmm. um, for the gift it is to everyone here to be part of a body, Mm -hmm. to belong, Mm -hmm. to have a place of home. I do just pray, Lord, that uh, through the years, in more and more ways, you would um, reveal to everyone here at Restoration the home that they have in you mm-hmm. and the experience lord of um, tasting home with uh, each other mm-hmm. and the delight that they can find in this together and i do pray as christian said that our eyes would be opened to the one mm-hmm. um, knowing that there are more seats at the table of feasting um, there are more places to be known and to experience um your delight in us i do just pray that our eyes would be open to who is not yet here Mm -hmm. and we just thank you lord that it's a work that um you do and we watch and see and be are welcomed into to be part of But I am so thankful that this is a work that you do. Mm -hmm. Continue, Mm -hmm. Lord, to do your work. May we be open to the work that you do in, among, and through us.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Lord, we do just pray that you would anoint um, each member of this family, Lord, that they would stand firm in their faith, and they would stand in the calling that you have put on them to be sheep that follow the good shepherd, but also to be shepherds to shepherd as one under the authority of the good shepherd, Lord. May you empower them in all the ways that they're called to shepherd, in their workplaces, in their families, in their relationships, Lord, in serving the least of these, and crying out for justice and speaking out the truth of who you are. Lord, come, Holy Spirit, we pray, and bring your power. And again, empower this church to stand. And Lord, we pray that as they stand in you, you would continue to, again, send them out in the various places they are. As they go out, they would know that they have a home in you wherever they are. We ask this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.